Welcome to Maker Skills, exploring your internal toolkit with PJ, Tanda, and Tom. Welcome back, everyone, to episode 47. We have a special guest with us today, the one and only Paul Jackman is with us. Yes, we still don't have any kind of horns or bells or anything for our guests, which is, I'm going to blame that on budgetary issues. That's uh, that's where that's coming from. Welcome, Paul. Yeah, thanks for having me. So as is customary, whenever we have a guest on the show, uh, we want to know what is your dominant skill set? I think I'm required to say pellet wood woodworking. That is what you told yeah, us before the show. Whether you like it or not. Yeah, that, that's what you told us before the show started. So yeah, you're l- legally. I felt like I didn't have a choice. Yeah, but I think it would have been hilarious had you said something completely different, <laughs> like ball, ballroom dancing. Yeah. I was, yeah, you could you could spend the next five year life five five years of your life and become a prima ballerina, and no one wants to hear about it. They just want to hear about palletics. Well, the way that PJ framed the question is, what is what is your dominant skill, and why is it palletwood woodworking? So I was like, well, I guess I can roll with it. <laughs> I mean, I didn't want to lead them too far in the wrong direction, but. On that topic, uh, Paul, what skill class is pallet woodworking? I would say that it varies. Probably starts at a 3 out of 10. And uh, I've made it an 11 out of 10 for no reason whatsoever. Very humble. Yeah. Very humble. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the most humble. Exactly. Exactly. The, mo- the most humble. So it's time where this is the first part of the show where we do uh, history and fun facts. Paul, did you do any research for this section of the show? I did all the research. Okay, what do you want to tell us? <laughs> Specifically about pallets? Yeah, <laughs> that that's your skill, right? <laughs> I guess so. Uh, I mean, I have a lot of fun facts, not necessarily history, but... Um, Ooh, hit us I with like it. fun facts. Yeah. Fun facts, all the blue painted pallets are owned by CHEP, which is like a, a national pallet supply company. And they're technically their private property, so you can't take those apart. And if you do, you're technically stealing private property from chip pallets. Really? Yeah. And all those are heat treated. All only. Are they the premium pallet? They're uh, typically like the European style pallet with the blocks in the corners. They're typically a little bit heavier too. But often pine. Are they metric pallets? So you don't want them anyway. Oh, so they're not. They're not worth stealing anyway. No, they're typically built really well. They're pretty robust, but not the best material. And they're painted blue, so you can't really tell what they are anyway. Entirely painted blue, right? Yeah, yeah, the whole thing. There's red ones, too. It's another company. I don't know the name of it. But similarly, they they own all those, and they, like, go out to all these warehouses, I guess, and pick them back up and bring them back to their central, wherever that is. They wouldn't happen to be junk hunter blue, would they? I think they kind of are, actually. They're a little mm. bit lighter blue, but it's oh. nobody would notice. Mm. <laughs> okay, that's 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 good to know. So no one wants to pick those up. Do you have any other any other fun facts you wanted to add add in? I mean, a lot. One that comes up a lot is chemically treated pallets. There's uh, methyl bromide, which used to be used as a chemical treatment on pallets to mitigate bugs and rotting, which they don't use anymore for the most part. It's illegal in the U.S. and Europe uh, and parts of Asia. They probably still use it in some parts of Asia. I wouldn't be surprised. 
And mostly they're all heat treated now, which, you know, does has the same effect on it. Just bug mitigation going across international borders. So all you got to do is look at the stamp on the side of the pallet and that'll tell you if it's methyl bromide, MB, or HT is heat treated. Mm. I always thought that stood for master. B- <laughs> it's good to know the difference. I thought you were going to say something Tom? else. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Tom's line. That's what I was trying to get what, to him. What were you going to... I don't get it. What were you going to say? <laughs> oh, he'll he'll bleep out in the, in the edit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say Master Palette. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, definitely. that's um, Master P. Yeah, he was an old school rapper. Right. Tom, did you do uh, any research? Are you currently doing it because you look like you're doing it right this second? Yeah, it's up on my screen. That's why I'm not looking at my camera. I'm looking up here. Uh, so health impl- implications of upcycling wooden pallets. Naturally, nobody should ever use pallets for anything other than using them as pallets. It's irresponsible and um, you're, you're killing baby seals by using them. Uh, some things to look out for is mold and mold spores, fungi, pathogens from bird droppings, insects, and rodents, carcinogens such as formaldehyde, uh, and uh, the, toxi- the toxic pe- pesticide methyl bromide, which Jackman just informed us about. Uh, and then it also says unknown toxic- toxins spilled during freight transportation activities. So, use at your own risk. I'm done using pallets. That's it. <laughs> Good. Oh, I convinced you. It, it, it took that to finally convince him. Yeah, this is the day that ends. <laughs> well, so baby seals are thankful. So basically, Tom, your research is just to repeat what Paul already said. Yeah, I did it in a much more theatrical way. I thought I did a fantastic job. I don't understand the issue here. I didn't know our research could be reading Reddit comments, yeah. though. <laughs> yeah, the, Tom's version of research is more along the lines of hearsay. It's it's not It's not really research. My research is like things I wish Google could answer for me, but I never looked them up. Yeah, that's that's basically it. Yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, Tanda, did you do any research on pallet woodworking? Well, right right now I'm wishing what I had done was just made up some really bizarre facts <laughs> about pallets and how dangerous they are. With the whole purpose being someone eventually listening to the podcast and then repeating them as a comment on one of Paul's videos. <laughs> I, I just want this full circle of life thing to have Troll happened. Training. So, yeah, but unfortunately I didn't do that. You, you just explained Reddit. Right. Yeah, right. It's just this circulation yeah. of, uh, yeah. I, I, something I read last year on Reddit that was totally made up response to someone else's thing, and I'm going to state it as fact. Yeah. It's funny when you're browsing Reddit in a topic that you're an expert on and then you see all the stuff that's wrong and you got to remind yourself not to trust what people write on the internet because they have no idea what they're talking about right because they say it very yeah. authoritatively yeah and, and you, you can google it verbatim and you'll find their source mm-hmm. almost every time this was i don't think this 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 may have been a reddit thread but i saw it on facebook today just talking about this exact same thing there was somebody that had put a just you know a couple sentences and it basically said uh, wearing a mask uh, reduces your amount of oxygen intake and increases your your CO2, uh, uh, like the CO2 gets clogged up around your face, and then the mask uh, gets hot, so then it, it breeds bacteria, which is bad for you. And, and there was like a couple other things. And then the comment right below that is, every single thing you just said is completely incorrect. <laughs> and so the, the person replies and says, really? 
And what qualifies you to make that statement? And the guy says, um, I have a medical degree in anesthesiology from the Royal Medical Institute of Great Britain. <laughs> so he's my, literally the guy, you know? Yeah. Well, what do you know? <laughs> yeah. Everything. Yeah. My, my wife has a mug that says, don't confuse your Google search with my toxicology PhD. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's good. That's good. I usually just wear a mask to remind me not to drink out of shot glasses made from pellet wood. Excuse me. Yeah, that's a good yeah. idea. The, uh, the only research I did was just like on the Clark Forth Forklift Company, or early forklifts, because they kind of go together with pallets. And, and surprisingly, it was like 1917. It wasn't, you know, like, like there weren't mechanical equivalents you know, chain driven or, or some kind of belt driven something or, you know, early pallet moving equipment because pallets weren't really around and weren't standardized, but they started out just using it to move. They were like an axle manufacturer Hmm. and they built one just to move stuff, heavy stuff from workstation to workstation around their factory. And this was, you know, in the, the war ministry came or whoever, some big government agency came just to check in on a contract for them building axles for trucks or something and saw them and immediately ordered some of these things that they referred to as the shop badger. That was kind of their nickname for it. And then they started manufacturing them and eventually added the hydraulic lift and it just kind of evolved over time. And then at some point pallets became somewhat standardized, but Clark was kind of the Kleenex of, of forklifts or fork trucks back in, well, I said back in the day, but even today. The other interesting thing about it was just how, and maybe I'm thinking of it because I've been watching like uh, Jason out at Fabtech with his giant vice and stuff, how companies have this huge legacy of manufacturing things. And then at some point Clark was trying to sell and no one wanted to buy and carry on the legacy and they were purchased by a South Korean company who's now carrying on the Clark name and mm. and company. And it's just interesting that, you know, this long-term, you know, 100-year-old-plus company, and they've got this established name, and no one wants to, no one wants to carry it forward. Well, no one in this country wants to carry it forward. So I found that story interesting. And it was tangential. Sidebar, Tom, Paul. Yeah, I I was right with her the whole time. I believed everything until she said it was called the Shop Badger. That makes zero sense. Why Why would they name it after a wild animal? And it's a, basically a flat piece of wood. As soon as she said badger, I was trying to picture why a forklift would look like a badger. Like an elephant would make sense. Yeah, yeah. Probably other animals you can think of. A walrus. I, the badger doesn't have tusks. It's and it's, I don't. The only thing I could think of is that it's low to the ground. That's it. I mean, but that, that doesn't make any sense. I think she's making some of this up. <laughs> Wait, this I I don't understand. It's a badger, a person who packs groceries or other items into bags. I don't. I googled it. I don't get it. That's a bagger, Tom. A bagger. Oh, oh. All right. What are you guys talking about? Never. Never mind. We're we're just gonna go. Oh, Santa's waking up. Tanda, that that sounds um, that sounds very interesting. I'd never heard any of that before. So uh, the thank thank you. Yeah, well, thank you. I, I found it interesting. What'd you what'd you find, PJ? Well, you know me. I looked no up. No way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's no way. Yes. No, I'm googling it now. Yeah. Seven rarely known 
wood pallet superstitions. Superstitions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do. And whenever we have a, a topic every week, I always look and see if there's any superstitions. And these these are good. So I didn't even think to look up them this week because, uh, like, who would even Google that? I, I don't know, Tom. Maybe me. So, number one. Uh, s- sidebar, Tom? Yeah. Uh, Paul? Like, as soon as we got Paul on as a guest, I knew it was going to be, you know, pallet woodworking. And so I went out and seeded the internet with pallet superstitions. <laughs> That's the only reason he's able to find them, is because I went out and I paid people to write you these in various there. wikis oh, and places throughout the internet. So I made all of oh these up. Gosh. Everything you hear, I, I mean, is totally made up. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. I, I'm so. actually excited to hear these. That's why you paid me to do a blog post on that. I was confused. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it'll it'll come it'll come around. You'll get it as soon as he starts okay. reading them. So oh, here here he is. He's, he's back. I, he's got his list. He's ready to read. All right, number one. What's number one? If the pallet is harvested in the light of a full moon, the wood will warp as soon as the pallet is taken apart. Wait, the tree is harvested for pallets? No, or? it says if the pallet is harvested. So I'm guessing if you find a pallet like by moonlight. Like at midnight, it, it, it's going to start warping as soon as you take it apart because you've taken it out of its natural environment when it was moon bathing. I, I don't know. So you find a pallet growing on a tree. You don't want to cut it out of the tree if it's a full moon. Yes, exactly. I, I, I didn't know that pallets grew on trees. Yeah. Okay. Number two, pallets made of exotic wood can be used to catch nomadic belly dancers looking for a stage to perform on. Now that one, now that one makes sense. You just like throw it out in the street and wait. No, they're gonna twist an ankle. Yeah, if they're if they're wearing high heels. It didn't say it caught them without injury. <laughs> All right. It's kind of like a mousetrap where the high heel gets trapped in the gap. I mean, yeah, that's I, I don't know how else you catch them, honestly. Uh, number three, if the pallet is wet when you find it, many animals have marked their territory on it, and you should avoid touching it or risk animal attack. I mean, it's, that seems to make sense to me. Uh, I don't I don't think you should. Should take anything that's wet. Uh, number four. I'm just gonna leave that leave that comment alone. Tom was trying to say something about it, but he was laughing <laughs> too hard to speak. PJ was trying to move past that line. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Number four. The only safe way to select pallet wood is to run your bare hand over the surface of the boards until one bites you with a splinter. This means the pallet has chosen you. What? <laughs> Do you become a pallet at midnight? I doesn't say that. I mean, no, no. You just have to rub up against the pallets. He turns into a pallet on full moons, but then he gets all warped too. Do you rub it with your hand? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. I think that's the preferred appendage. Tom, Tom, control yourself. Yeah, no, no. Just, just calm down, calm down. All right, number five. Sidebar, audience. I wasn't speaking at all that entire. He was just talking. So, if you hear bleeps, and we're back. All right, number five. It is often thought that pine pallets are made of bad wood, but in fact, everything made of pine is bad. <laughs> oh, that's that's a hundred percent true. I, I, yeah, that's that's not a superstition. That's actually real. Uh, what about pine saw? Pine saw. That's not bad. Pine saw is not really made of wood. 
What about your house? It's made of pine. What about pine trees? Ooh. Well, the pine trees. Pine pine trees are made of pine. <laughs> That's true. By definition. I mean, most of them. Most of them are. I, I'm, yeah. I'm fairly certain that it's okay if it's a tree. But everything else is bad. I want to go cut down a pine tree that's made of oak. Let me know when you do that. I'll film it. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if you cut down a pine tree, but it was made of oak. That'd be a cool find. That, that'd be, that'd uh, be cool. one of those street magic things, right? Yeah. Okay. Or maybe it's just an oak tree. Sound, sounds like a good thumbnail. It's just an oak tree. <laughs> I, ma- I make a pine tree out of oak. Okay. <laughs> that's like a... I make a pine tree. Oh my gosh, you have to make a pine tree out of oak, Jack. Let's <laughs> do it now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's like the Bo Burnham joke where he says, um, "If if life hands you lemons, maybe you just found lemons." <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's time for some orange juice. <laughs> Number six: If you spot a leprechaun near a pile of pallets, there's a good chance the pallets are nailed together with gold spikes, solid gold spikes. Sorry, is that solid gold spikes? So, what are they palletizing? I think they're hiding the gold. Lucky charms. Lucky charms. That's the answer. Yeah, there we go. Cereal. They're cereal peddlers. You know, it just it just dawned on me. You didn't tell me how many superstitions you have. You just started numbering them. No, no. I said there was seven rarely known wood palette superstitions. Oh. Seven. Oh, I should pay attention. We're on number seven now, aren't we? Yes. It's the last one. This is exciting. Okay, number seven. You should never paint a palette before taking the wood apart or it will murder you in your sleep. <laughs> The, the paint will murder you or the palette? I think the palette, palette. yeah. Hmm. And then um, I, I found this interesting. At the end of the list here, it says submitted by Pietro Jackman. Is, is that a relation? No, no relation. PJ? There's a lot of Jackmans PJ? out there. P- yeah, Pietro Jackman, that's PJ. I think you did. You wrote this. <laughs> There's no way to prove that. All this time, the J stood for Jackman and nobody knew it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a that's it's uh no, it's totally unconfirmed. No one no one could prove that. No one at all. You've just entered the dealer's corner where bargains are currency. Prepare yourself. Well, it was a barren week for the three of us, but Paul has a deal and he's gonna save this segment by telling us what it is. Glad I could be on the episode to uh make this listenable <laughs> hopefully yeah you just bring me on your podcast so i can burn you that's it <laughs> yes yes yeah, absolutely we we might bleep it out though because if it becomes listenable it might uh, it, it could throw off our listeners it's gonna go against our demographic so so you did do research <laughs> yeah, you don't want to set the expectations too high like reasonable expectations if they know to have low expectations at least they know that it's right. The you know what they're gonna get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm talking about a deal, am I? You should be. Yeah. I was lying to you before the podcast. <laughs> I got nothing. Ah well, I guess this segment's a bust. <laughs> so I I'm currently bidding on 2,000 square feet of maple flooring that used to be an old basketball court floor. Why is it called a court? I don't even know. Court. I'm gonna Google court. You keep going. Oh, like 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 holding court, like a court could could it be court? that the first basketball court? game was played in a king's court? Oh, maybe, or maybe it was played maybe. in a courtyard. No, it's an American, it's an American sport. Yeah, I think it, I think it was actually. What was the gymnasium used for? I mean, when they were playing basketball, 
didn't they put up like apple baskets or something? Peach baskets. And yeah. to throw the ball in? I don't know. But but what was I mean, what was the area where they were playing used for before they did that? The Supreme Court. That's it. There <laughs> could be. Is is this like uh like a parquet? Just regular um, straight hardwood flooring. Or is flooring. it uh, just yeah. a regular strip hardwood flooring? So Paul, do you know like uh where this came from? I don't, but if if I end up getting it, which I will, I'm going to ask them when I go pick it up because I'm sure they they know. Cuz I got all sorts of reclaimed stuff there and they I think take it all out themselves. They like disassemble barns and there's all sorts of stuff they got there. And that's that's all tongue and groove, right? Yeah. Or is it? Yeah. So my first thought is if it came out of a school like let's say a high school and if there was some kind of like tragic accident that happened, you know, on the court like someone died, would the floorboards be haunted? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> It goes with the boards. It's in the wood. The spirits live in the wood. Wasn't that scene in Carrie? Wasn't that in a in a gymnasium? Yeah. I think they're haunted mm-hmm. until you transport them across state lines. That's like a little asterisk. It's in the small print at the bottom of the page. That checks out. You Googled that, Tom? That's actually real? Yep. That matches matches yep, his totally research. Googled it. It's right there. Okay. Yep. Well, if Tom says it's true, then it is. Because all Tom actually does is Google things during the show. He doesn't actually provide any useful information other than what's on Google. <laughs> all right. Well. I, I, re- I read that if you use use haunted basketball court, that uh, everything could be entirely fine. And you might make something out of it, and it appears just fine. But then your head swells up. Yeah, I wouldn't want that. Like disproportionately to your body from using haunted wood. Yeah. Jackman, do you have a plan for this wood at the moment? I'm going to use it on any... in the barn at the as the floor of my shop. Oh, that's so meta. Yeah, make a floor out of a floor. Out of a floor. Who do, who would have thought of that? Are you going to like cut it up to a, into a million pieces, glue it all back together, and then cut tongue and groove boards out of it? <laughs> or are you just going to go straight I'm gonna up? I'm going to make basketball floor pallets, and I'm going to take them apart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then glue them together and then make a floor. That... That makes me. Oh, that's good. I thought you were going to cross cut all of the tongue and groove and then put it back together end to end into strips. <laughs> That'd be funny if I planed off the tongue and the groove from either edge and then I milled a tongue and a groove in either edge also. Yeah. Just mill it down into rectangular boards and then. No one wants to through. use tongue. That's terrible. Thanks, PJ. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you you could just you could just like mill a tongue and groove on all of the opposite sides, and then just make your whole floor like one of those uh, square puzzles where you can slide it, uh-huh. still slide them around. Don't glue it together. Just make it where you can. Uh, right. Slide Paul it did around. that already, didn't he? I did. Yeah. I actually have it right up there. Yeah. 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 You have the wall hanging that's like that. You could you could have a changeable right. floor center. So then I just leave one little square out in the corner somewhere. Well, maybe that's where the, uh, the table saw sits. In the hole. That's not the worst idea. You know, then, then if you decide you want to move the table saw somewhere else, then you have to shift the entire floor around for like five hours. It's easy up on the wall because you don't have to move everything in your shop. But if you have to rearrange squares over the entire shop floor, then there's bound to be something sitting on the square you want to move. And you have to pick that up. Pick that up. Or you take advantage of that, scrap all your casters, get rid of all those. You don't need those anymore. And then... Every tool has a square, and that's how you rearrange your shop. You slide those around. There you go. Oh, that's a master stroke right there. Some that somebody needs to but do you, that. You can't just move it down the side of the shop. You have to kind of jog it over and yeah. move something else. Tell you, you work have to spend it, like yeah. a week to move your there. table saw like five feet. 
Yeah, yeah. You need to get like five other friends to come over and help you push everything. It's got to be like a coordinated effort, I think. Hey, Tom, start typing up the Kickstarter campaign yeah. for me, please. Got it. Yeah, we'll add we'll add little vacuum ports on them so you can like blow air into them and slide them around like, oh, like a uh, little hovercraft like thing. Air yeah. hockey table. Ooh, ooh. What's yeah. the en- it wants an entry price? What's the entry price? Uh, ten thousand dollars. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Each each tile should have four way directional hose built into it so that it has built in vacuum for wherever you move. So you don't have to have like the exposed tubing for your dust collection, it goes through the floor, and no matter where you connect to, it's always connected to the next square. I like it. Yeah. It's it's kind of like those raised floors have you ever seen in like a a commercial office space? They'll lift the floor up like a foot, and it's just empty underneath. All of that is just dust collection. (laughs) Brilliant. Yeah, we have have those at work, and uh, they found some interesting (laughs) things. Like a CNC table, only it's sucking everything down to the floor. Right. That's where you hide the bodies. I mean, I feel like we actually have a decent idea here. With the the air hockey table thing, I think that wasn't yeah, yeah. the worst idea. I think you know, yeah. slide it around. We we come up with a lot of not worst ideas on this show. <laughs> I didn't I notice. I didn't say it was a good idea. Yeah, instead of instead of instead of casters, I mean, just in general, right. instead of casters, right. without the floor idea, you could just make little hovercrafts on the bottom of your tool, and you just took your output of your shop back exactly. up to it. Blow it blows up, and you you skate yep. it across the floor. Awesome possibly into the wall or out the second story door, but gets it out of the yeah. way. I mean, you could just yeah. title it, make woodworking fun again. Yeah. Add a little danger. Yeah. Shop shuffle. It's not a very good acronym though. Muffa. Oh, that totally does it for me. I love it. <laughs> Muffa. Were those deals hot enough for you? You got a sizzling deal that's burning a hole in your pocket. Send it in. Maybe we'll read it on air. I've only been doing this show for a year. Tom still doesn't know what comes next after the dealer's corner. It's always a surprise. Hey, kids, it's time for personal history. Paul, why don't you tell us your personal history with pallet woodworking? I mean, how detailed do you want me to get? How did, how did it start? I was a young boy. Right. When you were five, you, you found a pallet out in the back of the house and you couldn't help yourself? I mean, where did it... Yeah. So this isn't something I talk about very often, but back when I was uh, six years old, a pallet actually fell on my father and killed him. And I've been out to avenge his death ever since, which is why I destroy all these pallets. It's not for the art. It's just to get back at them. That makes total sense to me. That's It's a little twisted. The way you cut them up into tiny pieces. And they glue them together and then I, cut them apart this again. This makes perfect perfect sense yeah. and make them into something that is totally foreign to what they would ever be used for oh that must infuriate them that's what i'm going for i mean the level of torture that that has to be the pallets i'm surprised they haven't unionized against you i mean that that alone is i gotta say that's a motivational theme right there you know that how i do that though keep them from unionizing no lobbyists that's how you get everything done <laughs> I try to avoid lobbies at all times. I just stay out of business buildings. That's fair. Yeah. It's good advice. Yeah. It's good advice. So so after after your your father was murdered, when did you decide that you wanted to take your revenge on the pallets? Like what age were you? So when I was about 10 years old, my dad taught me how to do woodworking and uh, we kind of started with pallet wood and and uh, <laughs> I don't know, it just kind of went from there. He he, he was Teaching you from beyond the grave? That sounds really <laughs> difficult. <laughs> it's not that bad. 
So, so did he work for a company that had that had an excess of pallets or or something? I mean, was it was it something that was a financial thing that was just easy to grab some pallets and have wood that was you know quick and easy to work with, or was it something like a place where he worked had a lot of spares? Or... Yeah, I mean, the the main reason is it's free, and I'm cheap, right? And uh, it's recycled, and it's different, much like PJ. <laughs> Special. Hey, I'm not recycled. I always thought I always thought PJ Zing. was recycled. What did I tell you I was doing on this on this podcast? <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm definitely cheap. That's that's true. <laughs> PJ, cheap and recycled. Not recycled. How many times do I have to tell you that? There's only one of me. That you know of. At any given time. Right. Well uh, okay. I can't argue that. Um, there might be more than one of me at other given times. So we're, we're going we're gonna to go from there. So from the time you were 10, that was when the, the pallet obsession started. Uh, did that carry through your teenage years or did there was a gap and then you picked it back up at some point? Yeah, actually, when I was about 10 and a half, I stopped with the pallet stuff. And then I picked it up again when I was 30. No reason why. Just other interests, I guess. <laughs> Reddit trolling. Is that... Are, are those the years when you were slumming it with premium woods? Yeah, yeah. I think my focus was on my OnlyFans at that point, and that's kind of faded away recently. Mm. And uh, back to pellets. Uh, we we only have a few fans uh, for this show, so we I can relate. <laughs> there's there's very few. <laughs> Hi, mom. But we make do. We make do. You know. Uh, okay. What well, was uh, was there anything else you wanted to tell us? I don't think so, unless you want to hear more. Oh, I'd, I'd love to hear more. Yeah, sure. But tell us, tell us about these fans of yours. I mean, they're they're my only fans, right? What are their names? I mean, there's Box and there's Ceiling. Those are those are good names. I like I like Box. He's very grounded. I mean, I got to be honest. They kind of sound like the the fans we have on the show. It's a uh, there's there's at least ten. Blowing a lot of hot air. They say some weird things. I gotta, I gotta say, uh, we have an Instagram page up, and they leave comments sometimes in unintelligible languages that we have to translate. Even Tom can't Google it, but you know we can't turn them down because we just can't afford to. They're the only people listening. So is this why it sounds like you're talking into a fan, PJ? Yes. Zing, another one. <laughs> Zing. Luke. I don't know why I picked PJ as my punching bag. I'm sorry. I'm glad you did. It was a wise choice. No, no. It's tradition. I, I, I can't believe you, you <laughs> fell into that so naturally, having never, listen, having never listened to the show. <laughs> it's a mystery. It's a mystery. Tom, what research... Why don't yeah. you tell us... Um, see, I'm on research already. Let me go back to... This is to, why I don't know what segment we're doing, yeah, ever. Yeah. What's your personal history with pallet woodworking? Uh, last year I made a thing out of pallets and it's the only thing I've ever made out of pallets because when, see, when you want to use pallet wood, cause it's free, you get a pallet, you bring it home, you take off one slat, it breaks in half and you go, Oh, I guess I'll just buy wood. <laughs> That's kind of how it goes. <laughs> it is. Let me tell you this. I give, I give Jackman a lot of credit. It is way harder to use pallet wood than it is to use wood from a lumber yard or dimension even two by fours from home depot are easier to work with than pallets would you agree i'd say so yeah yeah there's a lot of extra steps and a lot of extra work it's like refinishing a dining room table it's it'd be cheaper to just make the table 
than to strip it down and re refinish it. So I've only I've only made one thing, and it was a facade for uh, the church down the road of a clubhouse. It had a little roof on it with um, I used like corrugated tin stuff uh, that jets out from the wall a little bit, and there's shutters in the middle, and behind the shutters is a TV for the little kids' room. And it came out really good. I didn't finish it, uh, like somebody else stained it and uh, decorated it a bit, but the room came out really cool. It was really, it was really fun. But the palettes were essential. It needed to look like kids put this thing together, and I was the perfect woodworker for that job. But the material was definitely key. Uh, you know, mismatched. You know, nothing. The lines don't match up, and it's just a little, a little scrappy. Tom, didn't you make a wall hanging out of pallets, too, in your house? No, I had... No, it just looks like that. I emptied <laughs> someone's garage for them. It just looks that bad? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> yeah, it just looks that bad. No, it's just slats hanging on a on a thing. I emptied out someone's garage, and they had, they had redone their own hardwood floors with, like, all kinds of exotic hardwoods, and I emptied their garage and picked up like all their scraps so that's what i used for that that was just as hard to work with as as pallets i would say minus the nail situation um so not as hard but they were all like really really nice like jungle wood right is that the the catch-all term for that stuff and i've made a bunch of stuff out of that and i'm almost out of it i might be out of it all I finally, finally used it up. I know someone that's about to get a bunch of wood flooring. I could put you in touch with them. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Talk to me after, after the show. After the show. Okay. I'll, I'll be driving by your house on the way to my house when I pick it up. So you can catch whatever drops oh, off really? my trailer. <laughs> oh, that tells me where the auction is. And I'm <laughs> spend the rest of the show looking for that. Thank you very much. It's like triangulating the location. Oh, yeah. Tom will have the auctioneer's name by the time the show is over. That's all he's going to do is just hunt it down. Yeah, he's a, he's a master Googler. See, the thing is, it's going to cost me more to actually go pick it up than it is to buy it. Oh, for sure. And and the people selling it are like, you realize how much it's going to cost us to haul this off? And there's one guy that's like, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. Let me tell you. We're going to put this up for auction. There's somebody. Somebody will <laughs> Some buy this. poor schmuck. And it... You know, and they're probably having, they're probably still having the same yeah. the argument is going on to this day. You know, there's no way no anyone's going to buy this. We're not going to get $2 for this. This is ridiculous. No, I'm telling you, somebody will buy this. I'm pretty positive that exact yeah. conversation happened because this place <laughs> just bought a new yeah. building and they're moving like across town. Right. And they're just like, right. I, it's in the same town. Yeah. But they're just like, I don't want to move this stuff. Let's just get some, some other person to buy and then deal with it. Yeah. There's the one guy named Ernie and they're like, Okay, you haul it off yeah. or get someone to buy it. And if you can't get anyone to buy it, you're hauling it all off. And he's like, okay, yeah. It's in D.C. I'm up for that. It's in D.C. and I know it. So he's going all the way back home. No, he's not. <laughs> Paul, uh, this is many years ago, and I don't know what the square footage was, but this was back before Facebook Marketplace. This was off, off Craigslist. Uh, somebody put up an ad for a, an entire kitchen's worth of bamboo flooring. Mm -hmm. And I, for free. Just come and get it. They were redoing it. They had two giant dogs, and they were putting in laminate flooring. And I showed up, and dude helped me load it into my truck. And I still have – I've made several things out of it, but I still have a table that's probably like a four-by-three table stacked all the way to the ceiling in my basement with just bamboo floorboards, which I run it through the planer twice, and then bam, it's like brand-new wood 
it's fantastic. All free. Yeah. So. Did you have to take it up off the floor? They did that. No, it was already outside. Uh, the only thing that I had to do was um, some of the sections were still together. Like some of it had been busted apart, but there was a couple of where it would be like maybe three or four like boards, long boards together. But if you just kind of wiggled it, it just came apart. So um, there wasn't any nails or, or anything. There was a little bit of glue. But uh, like I said, 100% free. And it's great for building stuff. If you're like I build a bunch of really nice um, uh, felt lined wood boxes. And I use that as like the main box structure. But you're going to have more flooring than you actually need to floor that barn, right? Yeah. Yeah. Depending on which lot I get, because there's actually two different or like three different basketball floors available, believe it or not. Two of them are an inch thick. Ooh. So I'm like, that is like a usable three quarters of maple at least once you plant it down. Wait, are you buying both of them? We'll see. Oh, you're going to try it. Depends to. on how cheap they go for, but yeah. I'm going to get at least one of them. <laughs> right. Okay. Like the, the he, barn. He, he's getting all of them. The barn floor is like 1,200 square feet, so I don't need any more than that. But if I'm going to go down there already, you know. That's how it is. Math you get out. one thing, you get everything. Yeah. So, Tanda, what is your personal history with pallet woodworking? Pallet woodworking. You know, I hadn't really even thought of pallet woodworking until maybe I, you know, I saw Paul or someone working with pallets and I thought, oh, this look, you know, this looks interesting and something that uh, might be a way to uh, pick up some hardwood really cheap because out here there's not, you know, I mean, there are certainly uh, specialty lumber places that have it. And so it was kind of this, this really sharp peak of, oh, this is going to be great. To, to dropping off pretty quick because I went and the first place I went to, I asked if they, you know, if I could look through their pallets. I walked up to this pallet. It was like this John Deere pallet from, you know, bringing in heavy equipment, oak, really nice pallet. Um, he treated, still had the John Deere logo on it, which I've got cut out of it because I thought that'd be cool to make something out of. Came back, tore it down. I have never found another pallet of that quality since. <laughs> and I've only gone looking a handful of times, but it was like, oh, this is easy. No wonder everyone's doing this. That you know, I just go, I'll just go and pick up good oak for free. This is this is a no-brainer. And then I just I never saw anything. I, it was just that rare find, I think, or at least near me at the at the places near me. But I've made a couple things out of it. I think that uh, most recently, I used some of it to make a little uh, jewelry box for my niece or a little, you know, keepsake box. And it's just a just a typical, you know, four-sided box where you make the lid onto it and then come back and cut off the lid and uh, make it fit together. Put a little inset in there so it fits together. And then I lasered whatever she wanted on the front, which I think was a Pegasus or a unicorn or something. And But it was nice because I'm not, I, I don't do much woodworking. And it was just nice to work with a hardwood because most of the woodworking I do is probably more like, you know, construction lumber, you know, sort of stuff, just two by fours and doing remodels. And, and that's very utilitarian and, and not very rewarding. Wood just happens to be a, a good cheap material to use. So it was a lot of fun and I hope I'll, I'll find some more eventually, but, uh, that that made it seem easy, and then it turned out to not be quite so easy. I love how you peaked on the first pallet, and it was all downhill from there. Yeah. 
It's all downhill from there. Like I said, it was a it was a very it was a very sharp peak. But but in talking, <laughs> yeah, and then it was like okay, well that was that was interesting, but but not not you know it it it's still you know it had there was sawdust. It smelled funny. It you can't weld the stuff. <laughs> it's not it's non conductive. I mean it's just you know it's not the best material for doing electronics or you know or structural you know stuff that that you want to be magnetic it's non-ferrous it's just you need to get an ironwood tree for that tanda ironwood pallet would be ferrous yeah ironwood tree okay and you can make that well it's ferrous okay well i'll give that a shot have you run across any ironwood pallets i have maybe paul has yeah i don't think i have yeah i just finished up a, a little wall that i made of all the different pallet species I like cut every every piece of, of a new pallet species that I find. I cut a little chunk off of it, and I finally made a bunch of little hexagons. And then there's a little a mosaic uh, thing that I made to hang on my wall. Is that what that and is? And it's got magnets on the back, so you can like take all the pieces out like little puzzle pieces and keep adding on as you find more. I thought you were making a Settlers of Catan board. Nerd. Don't know that game. <laughs> Nobody knows that game. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> Is there a species of pallet wood that that you're seeking out that you don't have in your collection or that you've seen but is like you know the the ghost pallet? It's a good question. I've gotten walnut. I've gotten a lot of weird ones. Eucalyptus, uh, sassafras. I don't know. I was just looking at the wall earlier today. I'm not sure what's missing. That's a good question. I mean ebony. Oh. Yeah. Paduke. You you have ebony or you you're looking for it? No, I haven't. Yeah. I haven't. I, I've seen uh, Brian Bill's got a Paduke pallet once, so they are out there. That, yeah, that would be cool. What do you, um, I don't want to derail our uh, our personal histories too much, but what do you think of these people making slat walls out of, like, new slat wall wood? I mean, does that, that must just drive you crazy. <laughs> yeah, like I the, mean, it's not recycled. Fake. It's not different wood. It's just it's stained like different colors. Wood. And Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. At least they're making something, but it doesn't have the same spirit behind it, I think. Right. There's just this whole class of things that are like made to look like things that someone really clever like yourself or resourceful made. And then someone manufactures something so someone else can reproduce that. And it, that that's just really it's, weird to yeah. me that someone's manu- manufactured. It's like manufactured creativity. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's, it's like the, the faux really ship lab where... Someone like has an MDF panel that just has a bunch of stripes cut into it, right? Or the metal, or the metal roofing that's stamped to look like yeah, a, yeah, like tile, yeah, like slate. Like it's surprisingly, it's surprisingly <laughs> good imitation. Right. I mean, I suppose if you're in the neighborhood or it goes with the architecture, yeah. I, I kind of get that. But PJ, what's your personal history with? Uh... Well, my memory's a little fuzzy, but I do remember when I was living in Memphis, Tennessee. I I had picked up pallets for some reason. I can't remember exactly why, but I do remember thinking everyone else thought that pallets were made out of bad wood, but I found a bunch of oak pallets and I'm like, they don't know this is actually good wood. Like that's what I was saying to myself, like I'm smarter than they are because I found the good wood. And I don't really remember what I did with it then uh, because my memory is terrible. But in more recent years in Pennsylvania, as I was building my shop, I just started grabbing as many pallets as I could, and I think two two of the workbenches in my shop are 100% pallet wood. They're uh, like I have like a 
Rubo style bench that is what well, well there might there might be some salvaged two by four in there, but I think like ninety percent of it is pallet wood, the runners and the slats. I have the Japanese tea house shed that I've been building since two thousand eighteen. That also is like maybe sixty percent pallet wood. Like it, there's there's a lot of pallet wood in that. Uh, and then the boxes that I mentioned where I was making with the bamboo, uh, the top and the bottom are made out of pallet wood that I, cause they, I thought a lot of the pallet wood I pick up is really got some nice figure to it or some, some sort of feature in there that looks really, really cool, like color changes or something like that. I had, uh, oh geez, what's the, the color changes are usually from from the toxic chemicals that were spilled on it while it was being used as a pellet. Yes, yes, that's it. Glows yeah. in the dark. You can get you can get some really interesting <laughs> greens and, and blues. I was trying to remember. Actually, I think Paul was the one that identified it for me years ago. There's a I can't and I can't remember the name of it now. There's a maple that has uh, like bug holes going through it that are turned brown. What is that called, Paul? Like an ambrosia. Bertha? Ambrosia maple. Ambrosia maple. So that. That was, um, I had some of that and I didn't know what it was. And I had, I had sent the picture to Paul and he's like, oh yeah, that's what it is. So I had a bunch of that. Uh, and I had, I, I found everything from regular walnut to black walnut to various different grades of maple, uh, cherry. I have like a bunch of them marked, like all my good, the good wood. I have like written on the end what it is. And it's all like in a pile in the dungeon. So that I, I, that's like the stuff if I need to make something nice, I know where to go grab it. And then I have like the garbage pile of stuff that just I don't care about. And, you know, if I need to make something that's just like a shop jig, I'll grab from there. But I have like three spots sort of triangulated to where I live that I know I can go at any given moment to get pallets that are not garbage, mm -hmm. that are like good quality wood. Uh, there's this one place, I don't know what it is they do there, but they have like the whole place is fenced in like a military compound. And on the outside of the fence, they'll have like anywhere from 40 to a hundred pallets just out there for people to take. But if you look in the fence, just a chain link fence inside, they have like 5,000 pallets just stacked up for, for whatever reason. I don't know if it's because they've received stuff or they're shipping stuff out. But you can go there at any time and you can get anything. I mean, um, and every once in a while they'll have really, really long, uh, like those 10-foot, 12-foot long pallets. Um, but usually those are pine. They're not normally a good quality. But yeah, I, I've made so many things in the last couple of years out of pallet wood. I kind of just lost track. Yeah, so it's I have a ton of it. That's that's my... But I don't I don't remember who turned me on to it or how I even know about pallets. Like, I don't remember where that started, uh, but I do remember Memphis was like the most distant memory. But I didn't have anything like when I was kids, like, you know, my my dad wasn't killed by a pallet. I, I wasn't attacked by one as a child. I don't I don't really remember how I how they came into my life. But um, but yeah, yeah, I, they're still here. I'm surprised Tom's not more into pallets. Given that he lives like right down the road from my dad, I do. Yeah, you do. Oh, well, that's that's new information. I I could get into. I thought you knew that. No. Yeah, I've seen you stop at a shop many times. Tim. Yeah. Wait, you didn't know that? Tim Tim Jackman. Yeah, he just he changed his last name. He doesn't want to be associated with me, for obvious reasons. But yeah. I 
I didn't I didn't know that was your dad. That's so cool. What a small world. I thought I thought that was common knowledge, yeah. What's... How the diet makes sense, for sure. We should probably say Tim Sway just to <laughs> clarify to anybody that has no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> just Nah, cut that. Let them be confused, it's fine. Just Tim. Tim. The guitar man. Tim. It's like Jimmy. When you say Jimmy, everyone knows who you're talking about. Yeah. I yeah. feel like Tim's the same way. Maybe that's where all the, the wood flooring came from. It came out of a Timnasium. Yes, naturally. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, that's that's the secret is I'm actually taking it out of Tim's shop. Mm. <laughs> he doesn't know it right. though. I've I've seen those I've seen those videos where his upstairs of his shop is is like yeah. has big holes in the Ooh, floor. Yeah, now, now, we know, now we know where I'm it's now we know job. where it's going. Sec- secretly, you know, Paul's sneaking away with all of the wood. It's exactly what's happening. Well, sucky darn, I think it's time for one of them old-timey commercial interludes and stuff. Hi, y'all. This is Edna down at Johnson's Hardware. Do you have a hard time juggling your time between getting a little bit of exercise and getting some shop time? Well, we have just the thing for you down at Johnson's Hardware. It's a machine for taking apart pallets that's entirely pedal-powered. It's called the Paloton. Why, you will be ripped by the time you get through with 17 or 18 pallets. It doesn't matter if you're a nail popper or a slat slitter. It has a saw function as well as a hydraulic jack built right in. By the time you're done, you will not only be jacked, you'll be pallet jacked. You can find it at Johnson's Hardware for $1,727.38. That's a bargain if you've ever priced similar machines. You'll find us at patreon.com forward slash makerskills. I'm, I'm Paul Jackman. I don't approve this message. Please stop using my name. What the heck, Nabbit? I need to get me one of them. Anyone know what street Patreon is on? I need to go. All right, it's time for crossbreeding. Paul, what skill goes well with pallet woodworking? I don't know. Glue lamination. <laughs> is that a skill? Uh, uh, I don't think gluing is I a think skill. Pallet or wood, wood identification? Oh, didn't we do a whole episode on gluing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I think, I think we have to accept that as a skill because I, I think we have an episode called. It's gluing. called sticking. <laughs> Oh, that's okay. different. Uh, no, uh, wood no, wood species. <laughs> I couldn't let her have it on the first try. What are you talking about? Uh, species <laughs> identification is definitely a skill. That's 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 not easy to do, especially with pallets. Wait, what did he say? Gluing? He said gluing. He said I species g- identification. I gave two options. Oh, I didn't hear that. Oh, I accept both. <laughs> Want me to give you a third option? No, 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 yeah. no, that one's good, that one's good. Uh, wait, wait, just, just... Hold on, sidebar, sidebar, Jackman. Yes. Jackman, what's the third option? Don't tell them. Um, I don't have a third option. I was bluffing. I was hoping nobody would call me out. Oh, shoot, I need one. I wanted to use I it for mine. call me out like this. Well, let's let's workshop it right now. We'll come up with one. Real quick, go. All right. Pallet wood, nails, hammering? No. Banging? Declawing. No. Declawing? <laughs> Banging? No, formaldehyding. That's not a skill. Uh, I got nothing. Disassembling. I'll just wing it. All right. Ooh, just I'm using that. Perfect. Thank you. All right, they're back. They're back. They're back. All right. Now, normally this is the point where I go to Tom, but I already know that he's going to say design, so I'm going to step in and say design is my skill choice 
for pallet woodworking. What? Because you need to be able to design things really well if you're working with wonky wood that comes off of pallets. And now no, we're going to go to Tom. Seen, have, you, have you seen any of Jackman's videos? You don't have to design <laughs> anything. You just cut it up and glue it and cut it up just and glue it. it. It's so easy. Anybody could do it. Anybody could do it. I mean, another important skill with pallet woodworking is disassembling. Yeah. Disassembling. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Wait, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I was going to say that, yeah, I've seen a couple of Paul's videos, and you're right. There is very little design involved, Tom. I, I got I to yeah, admit. Exactly. Uh, no, very little. So so are you stealing um, Paul's third idea, disassembling? Oh, you're going to take credit for that, Tom? Yeah, I, I guess. guess so. Go ahead. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought we had an agreement. What are you talking about? I guess not. Uh... <laughs> what agreement are you talking? You're yeah, making I'm, deals behind I'm the going... corner here, Tom? I'm going. I'm going with si- sidebar. Sidebar, Tom. Yeah. Yep. Tom, I'm here. It. Si- Tom, I, I, we're like I don't know how many episodes in. Yeah. When you when you say sidebar, you have to hit the sidebar button oh, on your console, Every or everyone can hear what you say. I thought I just had to hit it once. I mean, I I would expect it from Paul, having it only been his first time on, to not ho- know how the so console PJ works. So PJ heard all that. Yeah. Why didn't he? Yes, PJ heard everything you said. Oh, yeah, I'd say I'm embarrassed, but I'm not. You, you've got to figure out how to use this technology. Yeah, you know what? It's. So. I think he should be lucky that I'm even here. Yeah. See, look, look. I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna hit the return button. Okay. See? Yep. There. The, Wait, where'd okay, you guys back. go? Oh, yeah. Tom and I had to had bugged out for just a little bit. I think we are having some video yeah, uh, video yeah. problems. Zoom, Technical difficulties. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. This this system is terrible. Uh, Tanda, what skill goes well with pallet woodworking? I'm gonna say stealth. Stealthiness, like a like a ninja, you know. You mean you mean theft? Yeah, you don't you don't want you don't want other people to know where your good pallets Ooh. are. I oh. mean, even if you've made arrangements with the business, you don't want to be out there in broad daylight walking away with pallets because then you know other palleteers will. will that is a you. skill because they're not easy to move. Some of them are kind of heavy. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and so you've got to you've got to be stealthy and and have some kind of uh, you know ninja reflexes to be able to get in and out and and stack them into small vehicles and run off with that's them. true that's yeah. true that, that so. is a good skill to have it's funny i just moved to massachusetts a year ago and i before we moved i was scoping out places for pallets just to make sure i still had a supply <laughs> so, did, did that determine what did you did you ask the yeah, did that determine what town uh, you were oh, moving yeah. to <laughs> anywhere that was near pallets that's the qualifications i was going to ask if you brought it up with the I, realtor we're kind of we're kind of looking for a place where you know we're within a mile of some right. kind of industrial park. There needs or... to be yeah. There needs to be a diner, a Best Buy, and a source of pallets. Right. It's like good food, good rated schools, and uh, of course pallets. The realtors is like yeah. What, what are what are the what are the schools like in this area? Are they getting like influxes of money where they might be like tearing out their gym floors or anything like that? How are the schools around here? No, like oh, edu- no, I'm not worried about the education. I'm worried about the. I'm, I'm just wondering if they're any under construction. The day the day Jackman like sponsors a gymnasium build, it's just because he bought the gymnasium floor. <laughs> I'm paying for the new floor to go in the new gym, but I'm taking yeah, the old one. I want so the I old floor, right? Because I'm taking the old one. Yeah. If if you're wondering why uh, why Paul has one of those uh, sports floors franchise where they come in and pour rubber <laughs> floors in the gymnasiums, yeah. it's because he's making off with all of the yeah. wood that's being replaced. Yeah, but his one really his one stipulation is that they rename it to a Jackmanasium. Yeah. Jackmanasium, yeah, naturally. That's what I would do. It goes without saying. That was a stretch. Yeah. 
kind of like you stretch I'm, in a I mean, gymnasium. That sounds a lot better than galatomanasium. That's that's uh, that sounds horrible. A what? Galatomanasium. Yeah, I forgot your last name for a minute. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tom. That that's uh that that's. <laughs> Paul Jackman Galati, PJ Galati. Yeah, I, I was I was thinking, you know, like glottal sounds or uh, <laughs> epiglottis. I was trying to trying to figure out where the tie-in was. Yeah, the Galapagos bit. Islands. That's where I was headed for it. You're, you're right, Tanda. That's yes. a, that's yeah. Okay. Your jokes are so topical. Absolutely. But, no, Galapagos. I think is tropical. Yes, Galapagos is tropical. Not topical. <laughs> P, PJ, have you given us a? Yeah, skill I yet took design, so Tom well couldn't. Away? Don't you remember? Oh, oh! I thought we I let didn't him, think we could use we design again until out. episode sixty. I haven't used it since episode thirty. We're on forty-seven. Tom has used it almost every single week. You kidding me? Well, just just to ensure that you don't. <sighs> and now it's time for give me your best guest. Yeah. All right, and give me your best guest. Oh, we just lost Tom. That is fantastic. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if he's taking offense or what, but he just said, oh, Paul Jackman, and then he disappeared. <laughs> I mean, I got to be honest, not a complete surprise that Paul is here oh, and he's, and Tom he's decided to leave. Just just saying. <laughs> oh, and, I don't want to hear and it. And Tom's back. <laughs> Apparently, he just didn't want to hear the intro. Well, Forgive me your best guess. I, I put a lot of work into that, Tom. That was at least... Several minutes of my life. Yes, I was trying to be rude to just you, not not Jackman. So, mission accomplished. I, it's always about me. I know that. We're just piling All on right. PJ this episode. Oh, no, it's not just this, this episode? Not just this episode, Paul. <laughs> it's just that you're here to help. Okay. That's all. <laughs> Reinforcements, yeah. <clears throat> so, we know that palette woodworking is your dominant skill, but in your top five skill set, what are the other four skills that you would say you're, you know, you utilize? What's what's number two? I don't know. I mean, I'm a woodworker more generally, but uh, that's kind of all-encompassing, I would say. Uh, math, maybe. Kind of math and engineering. I actually have an engineering degree that I've never used, and... Uh, <laughs> no, I would, argue you, I would argue that you use it regularly yeah. in your builds. Yeah. yeah, you have to scale things up. That takes a four-year degree. I, I mean, yeah, when Jimmy gives you a weird scaled razor blade, that's... Three and a third times scaled. Three, three, three yeah. point three four mm-hmm. scale. Mm-hmm. I was like, thanks, thanks, Jimmy. I'm glad you planned this one ahead. But of course, in Jimmy's style, he just like found a piece of metal and he's like, this looks like a razor blade. And then that was it. So I had to make the knife to fit. Does, wait, it makes sense to Tim, me. Does Jackman know that that's Jimmy's birthday, as you pointed out? Yeah, yeah, that was hidden meaning what, in that. March thirty fourth. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think March th- March thirty fourth is Jimmy's uh-huh. birthday. So, so is it April third? Yeah. Yeah. So so there's yep, hidden meaning in these is. things. <laughs> I was like, is, is that how calendar math works? I'm like trying to do the numbers in my head. Like these are very easy numbers. It shouldn't take For, me this long. That is how it works. Well, you've got a weird calendar hanging right there behind. Big you, numbers. So. Jackman says. Yeah. Yeah. So did, was there a period where you used your, I mean, did you go off to some business or something and use your math or an engineering degree for a time or? Kind of. I was a construction estimator for three years after college, which isn't engineering, but it's a lot of math and numbers and stuff. And I think they hired me right. partially because of 
the engineering degree. But then uh, my next job after that was what I'm doing now, which is Creed. podcasting. Well, that's pretty know. cool. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> yes. No, pod- podcasting, podcasting with us is just kind of like having to deal yeah. with Reddit comments. It's just, you know, it's something you have to deal with <laughs> when you get to the level you're at. <laughs> That's not true at all. We don't have anywhere near the viewership that Reddit has. Just saying. That's. I, I wish we had, like, at least ten people. So. All right. Reasonable so, yeah, expectations, I, like we're talking about. I mean, I aim low. You know. So I I find that interesting. So you were a an estimator. I kind of feel like that's one of those jobs where you can't go wrong. You know. They're like. What do you think about this, Paul? And you're like, eh, I think you need like 4,000 square feet of wood. What if we need more? Well, then you just buy more. <laughs> and then if you're wrong and your boss comes in, he's like, we lost $5 million on this job. You're like, it's an estimate. It's, it's an name. estimate. I mean, that's what you pay me for. <laughs> I'm not it. What do you think I am? An exactor? I'm yeah. an estimator. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's how I look at it. But um, all right. So that that's, uh, I don't know. That's That's an interesting job. What is your third skill that you want to bring up? Uh, it's not coming up with lists of skills. <laughs> no, that would be Tom's. That would be Tom's. You can't take his. <laughs> right. right. Can't take my skill. I'm proficient at it. I don't know. Planning, maybe. Planning. Ooh, you're a planner. Tell us, tell us about that. So, how does that work for you? Like, do you plan like months out, years out? Like, what is that? Uh, what does that look like for you? Kinda, yeah. I mean, it, it goes project by project for the most part. I try to plan my whole year ahead of time if I can. Wow, roughly. Thanks for fitness in. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you contacted me back in January. Luckily, so I was able to squeeze you in. I, I guess just thinking about my experience working with Jimmy for a few months this spring on a TV show and how we're like the polar opposites of each other, where Jimmy just makes stuff happen like magic. Whereas when I start a project, I just kind of sit down and do some drawings and math and plan and come up with at least a, a game plan to start. I feel like I'm pretty good at it. Do you feel like, I mean, having worked with Jimmy, do you feel like there's a downside to planning? Like maybe you, in your planning, you decide not to do something that had you, had you just dove in, you would have figured it out or you would have found an alternative, but you, you don't go that route because you, in your planning, it looked like it was going to be a dead end or it was going to be difficult. I think he saves a lot of time too, just by winging it. That's probably the main benefit is you just start from scratch and just make it happen from zero without any planning and you just if you can do it you know without messing up which jimmy can because he's jimmy you save a lot of time in the end right but you you that probably comes with with time and and number of times you right. went the wrong way or did it wrong or whatever so it's kind of trading right one yeah time a lot of time investment other. up front because i find myself doing that where i'm planning something and i i may run into something in the planning that diverts me. And so I do it, Mm -hmm. I take a different approach. But then as I'm making it, maybe I'm a month into making something and it hits me how I could have overcome that thing that I avoided when I was planning. And so it was like, maybe I should have just started. Yeah, so it's kind of a a toss up. There's kind of a happy medium there. I avoid planning at all costs. It's, yeah. I will find a way, if I think about something too long, I will find a way to not do it. So if I just start, 
I'll, I'll actually do something, but that's personal preference. Yeah, I think you can you can take planning planning too too far, but I don't think anybody that's really making something that's doing you know having a go and and doing what Paul's doing and has, has the popularity and has mi- knocked off as many things has analysis paralysis. I think he's found a, a good balance. <clears throat> so I have planned out a few things, and I'm almost positive about a hundred percent of the time. Every one of those things I planned doesn't go the way I planned it. <laughs> not not a single like it generally has like the shape of the thing, but it doesn't go like I planned it. Like I, basically, I wasted my time. The only thing I really need is if I need a measurement, I need to write the measurement down. If there's something specific, but in general, most of the stuff that I do. And, and I haven't done a lot of woodworking because I've been fixing machines for the last two years. But when I do make things, most of the time, I just need like a general dimension. And then and once I have the dimension, then everything else like just falls right into place. It's like step by step by step. Just like, I mean, we're talking about Jimmy a lot. It's just like Jimmy. Jimmy's like, well, how do you do something? Well, you start with one thing and then you go to the next thing. That's how I do it. I start with one step What's the main shape I need? Okay, I got that. Now what's the sub shape or what's the thing that has to get added? And I just go like I just I just made a I had a bandsaw that was missing an upper guide block assembly, the two little guide blocks that hold the blade in position. And it was broken when I got the bandsaw. I got the bandsaw for free. I looked to buy one of those and they were I think like 30 or 40 dollars. And, and I thought, that's ridiculous. I'm not going to pay that much money for that little tiny piece. I'll make it myself. So all I did was just look at the shapes. The thing that holds the guide blocks is just square tubing. And I couldn't find square tubing in that size. So then I got two pieces of angle iron, and I welded them together to make the size square tubing I needed. Then I just needed a piece of flat stock to weld those two. I'm like, okay, I've got scrap metal. I welded them too. Then I needed a little bar to hold that so that it would position it. And I found I had a leaf spring that I had salvaged from somewhere. And I'm like, oh, this is the perfect thickness. I don't even have to shave it down. And so all I did was step by step by step until I got the whole thing, one, you know, one thing at a time. But if I had to sit there and plan that out, it wouldn't be, there was no benefit for me. Right. What initiates um, your planning, Paul? Do you have like, uh, are you just doing something in the shop? Maybe you're working on project A and some unusual cut or shape catches your eye and you're like, I'm going to build a project around, you know, that concept of dishing out like your, like your big vase or something. I mean, did that start out where you just like had dished out a piece of wood and there was another wood piece of wood laying on it or something and, and it just gave you a spark of, I'm just going to take that and just expand it out as much as I can? Or, or how to kind of, how, what's the, what's the beginnings of your planning? I don't know. I guess, yeah, it kind of starts with a, a little hint of an idea. I mean, a lot of them just have like a little piece of inspiration. Like you said, I'm trying to think of the vase specifically and where that came from. I'm not sure. It might've been one of my previous projects. If, if you look at like my palette projects as they evolve, you could almost make like a, like a spider web chart of, of how they've evolved from each other 
and and how they're linked together like the palette with skateboards were like a bent lamination and like how i explored from that the shot glasses kind of indirectly influenced the big cookie the fake cookie that i made out of palettes and the live edge from that that carving gave me like a diamond pattern which i then made coasters out of and tried to replicate that diamond pattern so they all kind of feed off of each other hmm. but i'll come with kind of a, a little hint of a right of an idea at the beginning kind of like a heritage or a family yeah, tree exactly. of, yeah so everything that you made is basically like inspiring some technique that's birthing the next thing. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like an evolution of ideas. Palette lution. Do do you do you get a tool or see somebody using a tool or something, and then that sparks a? If I had that tool, here's what I would make. Or does it ever start with a start with a tool or a new skill that you yeah. want to develop, and then you say, oh, I need an excuse to sometimes like the the last there. time I remember. That happening was probably when I got the Arbortex stuff, the power carving tools. They're just like angle grinder attachments. Mm -hmm. And the first project I made with those was the uh, the leg lamp, the manly Christmas story leg lamp. Right. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that was the first ever power carving project I had done. And I was just like, hey, do you guys mind sending me some tools? Like, I think I can come up with some cool ideas. And I didn't have any ideas at that point which is probably not a good plan to go in and be like, hey, send me some free tools. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> was Carolina in that from the beginning? Or or did you come up with the idea for the leg lamp and then it, it kind of came together after? Yeah, it kind of happened at the same time. Like Carolina, what I usually do with them, it's, it's at the beginning of the year, I come up with an agreement, like three or four videos for the year. And then I have to come up with ideas to fill in those those videos. And the leg lamp was one of those. We're just like, hey, we'll make a video that incorporates our product somehow. And I was like, okay, I'll figure out a way to do that. <laughs> I don't know why every company in the world isn't just like partnering with with YouTubers that are creative because I don't you're you're kind of in this echo chamber. If you have your own marketing firm, you're you're just not gonna come up with that sort of thing. Someone in the room is gonna say, That's that's too out there. That now, and they'll, they'll come up with 10 reasons. This kind of comes back to the planning thing. Someone in the room will come up with 10 reasons not to do it or why they might get sued or, or why it's a bad idea or, but if you just give it to somebody else creative and say, make something for us. And then you have the option of, of, you know, putting your name on it or not, but you get such, in my opinion, you get such great ideas from, yeah, somebody from outside creatives. Because the they're, they're like probably so yeah. in their head about their brand identity and you know the marketing format and all that all that stuff and they yeah they probably have a they probably have something up on their walls that they read every day that's their yeah. brand identity or their brand message or they have a brand book and they they're so in that that they don't come up with anything like crazy yeah. and, and original still my best performing instagram post ever was an ad for ram trucks like a couple of years ago and it was they they let me borrow this truck for a week. It was a loaner and it was like a top of the line Ram truck, like worth more than I could even imagine. I was like, mm -hmm. I don't want to put pallets in that, but I was like, I have to, to take photos. <laughs> I felt bad and went and loaded up with pallets, the whole width of the truck bed, like kind of sticking up in the air. And then I took that and Photoshopped it on top of itself and then took that stack of pallets, Photoshopped that on top of itself. So the pallet stack was like extending out of the top of the photo. And I like, 
I was like, I don't think they're going to accept this because it's like a big brand. They're going to be like, that's a liability. People can't, you know, haul stuff that's, that's, that's that tall. And I thought they maybe put a disclaimer on it and everything. And they're just like, no, it's funny. We like it. It's cool. <laughs> right. Uh, well, yeah, it was, it was probably so exaggerated that they probably felt like it that's was That's what I told them. I was like, uh, I think it's obvious enough that it's fake. Right. Although I've seen people, I've seen people like driving down the road with yeah. pallet stacks like that. How many, how many pictures a month do oh, people send time. you of people <laughs> yeah. driving around? There is this one viral clip of a, yeah. uh, like a gray minivan. You guys have probably all seen it where there's pallets oh. out of the back of it mm-hmm. all the way up on the top strapped down. It's like pulling out of a gas station right. and like bottoms out on the curb. And you probably get At that least. picture once yeah. a month, right? Yeah. Somebody more. sends it to you. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. That that kind of proves that that point that like you're talking about, Tanda. Like if they just kind of like trust mm-hmm. you with it, and that's my best performing. It's not even a, really a woodworking post. It has pallets in it, but I'm not building anything. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, and the thing is that you know people who who probably lots of people saw that ad and know nothing about you know your channel or right. your kind of your niche, yeah. but it's still good. The sensuality of the Dodge Ram overrules. Yeah, that's what it is. That's why I have my Dodge Ram. Let's move on to your fourth skill. The well is running dry. What about you guys have any ideas for me? I think your your video production has oh, yeah. like gone, you know, really quickly. Of course, we were talking about that with Graz when he was on the show. Just how you, how you two were talking about it and where you started and then you started incorporating these thematic things with the the sizing mm-hmm. and so forth that that look like that's open-ended could just continue carry on and, but but it's much like doing things with palettes it kind of becomes your brand or yep. your your niche to the point that someday you're going to have to hire somebody to make right. your ads for you because you're gonna ha- you're gonna have that up on the wall and say no, it has to look like. <laughs> like this is how you scale up my head twenty percent. This is your your document. Follow <laughs> yeah, these right. rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's right, right there in the branding book on page thirty seven. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. Jackman is a twenty percenter. But <laughs> that's the magic. So do, do you? I mean, kind of what was that? What was that journey like from like first YouTube video to how you do your video production? Yeah, I now? mean, I forgot I made videos. It, it's it started like i know it before you had cameramen just following you around in a food <laughs> yeah. service truck and all if you can Four think back services. to that time yeah. that humble that humble time <laughs> i mean i started with like my cell phone i had no idea what i was doing i knew how to woodwork because i i'd done that since i was a teenager and uh i was like well let's try something new and just kind of winged it the first video sucks it's still up if you want to go watch it don't but if you want to it's there and uh, <laughs> it, it's just something that's evolved over time, kind of like the palette stuff. Like every video, you add something new and it's like, hey, I want to learn how to you know, add this in. And you do it. You learn how to do it. You save that skill for the next video and then incorporate another thing on top of it. And it kind of it builds on itself. And Graz was a huge help with that. Pat Lap was a huge help, mm-hmm. too. They kind of taught me how to use Adobe Premiere and that helped uh, add a lot of options to my to my editing that i didn't have before and just over time right just what is it death death through a thousand paper cuts or something like that like right you, you'll get there right. eventually even if you have yeah. no, no idea what you're doing and no no education in it well i think for you it'd be like 
death of a thousand splinters, wouldn't it? <laughs> a thousand pallets. Yeah. The, the thousand pallets, pallets, splinter. yeah. splinters. Yeah, and, and I see people mimicking what you're doing in your videos, and yeah. I'm sure you do as well, with the, especially the clamp, kind of the clamp meme. Yeah, people have tagged me stuff. on Instagram when they do that. And that, that that's got that's got to be kind awesome. of that's got to be kind yeah. of fun just to you know see see that like you know oh they're they're mimicking that that that's kind of a nod that's yeah kind of, to see other cool. people start doing that is is awesome I don't think I've seen anybody else do that I don't know if that started with me or not maybe I stole that idea from somebody else but I'll take credit <laughs> yeah it was a first it was kind of the first time first time I've seen it in my little you know kind of maker YouTube video yeah maker sphere i decided a while back that i wasn't going to watch that i was uh -huh. watching way too much youtube and that uh i was uh i was not going to watch any videos of people that i hadn't met that i hadn't either interacted with you know anyone that wouldn't answer like a dm from me or i hadn't mm -hmm. met at some maker event it, it wasn't very limiting i, I turns out I've, yeah, you're, I've met you're a everywhere lot of people, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, it, it didn't it didn't help all that much all right Let's move on to your final skill, Paul. Number five could be anything. I mean, tangential to what we were talking about before, maybe photoshopping mm. photos or photo editing, which I would never edit my body in any way to create, you know, unrealistic body standards. That's, you know, that's above me. But hypothetically, I could do that if I wanted to. Mm. He says that now. People will be replaying this episode when when there are people out there like in, injecting silicone to make their heads bigger. And I'm still waiting for the Jackman bodybuilding calendar. That one I posted yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, great. yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> I spent like a couple hours editing that. And I was like, they're going to be like, no, nah, we don't like it. Like, don't edit the photo like that. We just want a normal photo. I, I've been researching a whole bunch of... Uh, adhesive dispense stuff for for my day job um like industrial dispensing of adhesives and i and i read that and i was like no i i think they do make five gallon uh cyanoacrylate they probably uh, do right <laughs> <laughs> i i yeah and they make they make yeah. pumps to pump it with yeah man the first thing i think of is what if you accidentally got your hand into that bucket by mistake your entire hand was covered in cyanoacrylate and you're just like and you and you can't pick anything up well, to wipe it off you can't wipe it off because whatever you immediately touch is now part of your hand like there's <laughs> you're you're done like there's you basically need to go to the hospital and get your hand amputated you're not going to be able to survive that right i almost feel like you could use that as a cast like if you broke your arm stick your whole arm in in ca glue <laughs> let it harden it. and you're good for till it heals just use heat to get yeah. it off. Use a torch. <laughs> a heat gun. If you, if you let it harden, I guess they have they have that uh, that de degluer now. They've had it for years, but I've never actually found it. I know it exists. If you super glue yourself, you can put that on. It dissolves the super glue. We we were we were watching a uh, um, an in laws daughter years ago and it was like you're like you're super protective of your first child and like by your third child it's like yeah they hit their head they'll they'll survive <laughs> sort of thing and so we had two daughters and we we're watching their kids and and they were really really overprotective and one of their daughters fell bunked her eye on the coffee table she cried for a little bit she was fine but they decided since there was like a little cut they were going to take her to the emergency room and and get a stitch in it 
And so they took her to the emergency room and they used the super glue stuff, but they glued her eyelashes up to it by accident <laughs> after. And then they had to cut off her eyelashes and they had to like peel the skin. So she left the emergency room in much worse shape oh because God. of uh, super glue than, than what she went in. That's awesome. <laughs> we we only laughed in private. We're not private here. Just just letting you know there's there's people listening. Oh. Well, I sh- I should I should curtail my comments then. I didn't I didn't realize people actually listened. <laughs> you can just bleep out the last 60 seconds. <laughs> the whole show is going to be bleeped out. That's it. <laughs> Was that our best guess? I don't know, but it was a guest. All right, it's time for short and sweet. Paul, this is the end of the show where we say anything that's on our mind, just to wrap everything up. Got anything you want to add? Mm, Not anything. Okay, don't listen to Tom. Tom says things no one should say. Oh, and and it's really not the end of the show, but it's (laughs) it's close. (laughs) So close. (laughs) There's more. Sidebar, garage. Howdy. Hey, hey, Cross, how long does this show last for? <laughs> Did it go five hours for you too, or just me? I can't, I can't, I can't tell. Maybe I'll tell you off air. So, okay, so similar then. Yeah, I'll double check that I, I remember it. All right, I just want to make sure that they weren't trying to milk me for for more than what they're paying me for. I got to send an invoice after we hang up. Uh, Drop me a line. We'll go grab a beer, grab food. All right. Yeah, I'll see you later, Cross. Oh, okay, sweet. Okay, thanks. All right, going back. So you just say something that, you know, you want people to know. That's all. Okay, right, of course. And this is the end of the show? (laughs) Sort of the end, yeah. (laughs) There's a segment after this. This is supposed to be a secret segment, but we've never got enough Patreon subscribers to make it a secret segment. (laughs) This is a not very secret, secret segment. Yeah, it's an oxymoron. Just, Just go along with it, yeah something i want people to know you guys go first and i'll finish it up how about that i'll go i'll go you guys should check out jackman works on youtube it's fantastic he makes all kinds of crazy stuff out of all kinds of crazy materials mostly pallet wood and and it's honestly it's inspiring to watch what he comes up with conceptually and through execution it's it's impressive never heard of it genuinely lame oh uh, jay J-A-C-K-M-A-N space W-O-R-K-S. Jackman Works. Is he the uh, the Aus- the Australian guy? It might be a soft J. It might be Yakman Works. Yeah, Australian guy. Oh, I love Australian videos. Well, he doesn't really talk oh. in the videos, so. What's well, a good one. I have to go check that out. Imagine if he had an Australian accent this whole time and he was just faking that he didn't have one. I watched that. He was He was just doing <laughs> right. an accent. I love fake Australian accents. Of of not having an accent. Tanda, do you have anything you want to say to wrap up the show? Well, if you'd have called on me first, I would have. But uh, <laughs> yeah, since you since you called on Tom, I, I go go check out Infant Craftsman. <laughs> you go out there, especially on Instagram. I mean, he's like always pointing out stuff that's literally just whatever he whatever he's doing. But every once in a while. If you watch really close, he'll have like a Jackman Works video on in the background, and that's that's worth watching. Yeah, so you could do that. Never heard of him. I made it up. Yeah, I don't really watch YouTube. Just uh, just saying. Just 
It's a waste of time. Paul, did you did you think of anything you wanted to say? A recommendation, maybe. Uh, Netflix. Everybody should watch Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun. It has nothing to do with mm. woodworking. But it has stuff to do with Australia, and that was in my head recently, so that's where my head went. It's like three Australian sketch comedians that uh, have like a five-episode show on Netflix. And it's called Auntie, Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun? It is kind of absurdist comedy, but good. I actually have a fake Auntie Donna. I had, I had a, an Aunt Donna and Uncle Frank when I was growing up, but they weren't really my Aunt Donna and Uncle Frank. They were just close family friends. So that's how, like, that's how I knew them. Like, this, yeah, my father was like, yeah, this is your Uncle Frank and your Aunt Donna. But totally not related. <laughs> yep. I have no idea why they said that either. But, uh, but yeah. Respect. Yeah. yeah. It's respect. Now we just say Mr. Mr. PJ. It's not as cool. No one says Mr. PJ. <laughs> Mr. Oh, Auntie Donna. You're right. It, Mr. PJ. I was trying to give you the... <laughs> Auntie Donna. Auntie Maybe Donna. it was a witness protection thing. <laughs> it sounds like, when you guys say it, it sounds like some kind of like thing that you contract. What do you got? I got Auntie Donna. It's, it's, I need, I'm on steroids for it. Yeah, it's terrible. Auntie? Is it Auntie Donna's or is it Auntie Donna's? Well, that, that, you're, if you're against Donna's, then it would be Auntie Donna. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so are you? So you have Australian trips in in the works or something, or are you just uh, interested in in Australia, or or it just was a comedy that yeah, came it just across came across your... on Netflix. I was thinking of Hugh Jackman and then Australia, and that's where my head went in the moment. So, uh, I'd love to go to Australia. Any 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 relation? We try not to talk about it. Yeah, he's my dad. <laughs> He's my dad. Wait, Tim? No, Hugh. No, Tom. No, what? Huh? Who? Huh? Tim. Tim didn't work for the big screen, so he totally, he totally changed. Yeah, but he was like the only person who changed his first name when right. he went to Hollywood. <laughs> Wasn't there a movie called My Two Dads? I thought there was. Oh, anyway. Uh, well, since we're on the Australian tip, um, there was a period in my early 20s where I nearly sold everything I owned and moved to Australia. Seriously, like I, I, yeah. I got my passport. I there was a woman involved, and then um, it, it, I didn't go. So that's all I'm gonna say. I had a coworker whose mom, um, and I don't remember which particular presidential election it was, but this was probably. Um, Mm, careful it's been 10 10 years ago but but I, and i don't know well and i don't know i don't know when she did it but she said if this guy gets elected i'm moving to australia oh they never go and she did <gasps> and she did what? her candidate lost and she moved to australia oh, and so this man. guy and his this guy and his wife yeah, flew to australia ever. once a year to go to go wow. see his mom but she would she was just like she said it and then her candidate lost and she did it she moved moved to Australia, wow. and so every year, like they they flew to Australia and spent a you know couple of weeks in Australia to go see his mom, who had defected to Australia. Man, I should have done that. I should have based it on something ridiculous, and then I would be living there now. That's a, <laughs> I don't know why I didn't do it. But you know what I do agree with. 
I'd like to thank our top Patreon supporters, our very own Tanda Madison and Creator Nader. And if you would like to be in this list, all you have to do is go to patreon.com, cough up some cash once a month, not a whole lot. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll read your name out on an episode with somebody like Paul Jackman or someone famous, you know, something. I don't know. And you'll get the not secret secret segment too. Oh, that's mm. coming up next. That's right. All of our patrons get the the right. secret segment. That's accurate. that was the idea. That's a, that's a true statement. That's, that's a, a true, true statement. statement. Yes. <laughs> All of our patrons get the true statement. Yeah. <laughs> that that is accurate. <laughs> anyone anyone else who continues to listen. And here we go. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maker Skills. If you should need more skill information, you can find us on Instagram at maker.skills. You can also email us at makerskillspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at PJ Galati, son of the junk hunter on Instagram and YouTube. You can find Tanda at Tanda Madison on Instagram, and you can find Tom at Infinite Craftsman on Instagram. We welcome any comments. Please leave us five-star reviews on Apple so that we can make more skill madness come your way. See you next time. Mm, This was made on the fly. I hope you like it. So we thought this would be a good time to bring up some old history that people don't really know. Years ago, before Paul was well known for making Jackman-sized things out of wood, Tanda, Tom, and I were working with Paul on the very first Jackman-sized product, which happened to be mm-hmm. a pallet wood teething ring. And... I mean, I got to be honest, we did the bulk of the work. I mean, Paul was there, but I mean, it was really like me and Tom were, were lifting all the all the pallets and disassembling things. And Tanda was like planning most of it. I'm not even sure what Paul did um, other than like he was, he, he sat there, he had like a bunch of carrot sticks and some water. That's all I really remember. I mean, I came up with the idea. That's the hard part. And then I did all the planning. Well, did you, though? Did you come up with the idea? Because I remember it a little differently. Well, I was like, I'm going to make a giant baby teething ring out of pallet wood. And then Tom's like, so you mean an inner tube? Right. And I said, no, a giant teething ring. Right. So you just admitted that you basically came up with the title of the item, not the actual not the actual concept. I just want to, I just, I don't want to, I mean, I don't want to start a fight or anything, but I thought. It sounds like you just want to start a maybe fight. Maybe we just clarify that here, air it out. No, 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 no. I, I, I assure you. I assure you I do not. I mean, I, I thought that Tanda said, hey, wouldn't it be funny if we made a giant donut? And then you were like, oh no, no one wants to see a big donut. That's been done before in Hollywood. Let's make something else that's the same shape. Yeah, big boy. That's what I remember. Well, no, actually, yeah, no, what the way I remember it is that I, I had the idea for the teething ring, but but I couldn't just come out and, and say that I had the idea for the teething ring because, you know, if I, I don't think we have a lot of female listeners, but but if you were to ask, you know, your wife or your significant other, I, I think they would agree that, you know, 
when you come up with an idea, you can't just say, hey, let's make a giant teething ring. And so I had the idea of the teething ring and I thought, I really like this idea. I, I want to see this thing come to fruition. And so I just said, I think Tom's idea about the teething ring was excellent. And Tom was like, uh, yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. I totally. I mean, he just, and he just ran with it like he had thought of it and it, and it worked just according to plan. So I, I have to agree that, uh, you know, Tom at least thought it was his idea. That's true. That's true. I, I will agree. And I mean, Paul did edit the video. I mean, I'll, 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 I'll give him that. But I mean, dude, you you cut all three of us out of the edit. I mean, that's the power you give to the editor. That was your choice. You could have edited it if you wanted to. Edited it. <laughs> I I would have edited it, but uh, I was so t- tired from cutting up pallets and tearing them apart. Uh, I just I was like, I don't care who edits it. I, I think it's such an amazing idea. It'll stand on its own. Yeah. It doesn't even. It doesn't matter what the edit looks like. I mean, once people see this, they're gonna. You know, they're gonna want to put it in their mouth. Not the first time I've heard that. What? And you know it. <laughs> Story of his life. I mean, that thing was gigantic. We we would have needed like an eighteen foot baby to actually use that teething ring. I, I don't know who came up with the scale on that. I mean. I think it was just Tanda. arbitrary, wasn't Tanda it? Tanda wants to take I mean, was... uh, take ownership of this idea. I think it's her fault. Mm. Mm. It, uh. Yeah. Okay. It, it was it was me. I, I I just I I wanted to make a baby. I wanted to make a giant baby to go with it, and and then PJ thought oh, that's too complicated. We'll need to you know have this giant statue, and. Uh, it, but then once we already had the giant baby that we had sculpted the summer before entirely out of pallet wood, before we even met Paul, that, uh, you know, I, I thought that the scale should match. That's right. You know, if you really think about it, aren't we all just giant babies? I am. Wow. That's right? deep. We're all Whoa. just giant adult babies. I mean, I'm more of a medium-sized baby, but I mean, you know... It's- uh, baby, baby ain't nothing but a number. Literally not a number at all. Harry, is that a TLC Harry song? overscaled babies. That's what we are. <laughs> yeah, that make no sense. Oh, it's a, okay. So let's let's move on to the thing that really I, I find kind of upsetting. You you posted it on your YouTube channel, mm-hmm. Paul, and you know it went viral. You, I, I don't know. It, it was at least what. The first week, it had like 8 million hits. It was unbelievable. And then, you know, of course, we found out that you'd cut us out of the video. And then Just Desserts, YouTube pulled it because they said it was unsafe for children. Yep. So, mm-hmm. I mean. Like it, like anyone would try to replicate it. I mean, I don't get that. Yeah, I thought it was obvious that it's not a, a project you're going to make yourself. It's just a kind of artistic demonstration, if you will. Just just to be clear, too, you guys never said that you wanted to be in the video. I know you were on camera the whole time and stuff, and I did a lot of special effects to make it look like you guys weren't there. It was a lot of effort. See, see, that's that's the part I thought was obvious. I mean, it was... I mean... What, all of of those takes? I mean, take after take after take? I took that long. I took... I took acting lessons for three months before that video. I know I mic'd you guys up and everything. Wanted to be ready. But... 
never once did you, any of you, any three of you say, I want to be in this final edit of this video. All right. So Could that be true? I, I thought it was, I thought it was just I, I want to know if, if that was the case, why did you have me throwing the teething ring around Tom's head? Like he was one of those like kids games, you know, where they stack up all the donuts. Why do we have to do like 80 takes of that until I actually got it without hitting him in the face? What it was, it was kind of funny. I mean, from 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 Paul and I's point of view, um, it, it was worthwhile whether it made the edit or not. I mean, I mean, yeah. Tom was in the hospital for two weeks. I, I lost a tooth. You didn't notice Tom was wearing a green leotard that day. It was a green screen suit, PJ. Tom wore some crazy things the whole time we were filming. I thought, yeah, that... I thought that's just what Tom wanted to wear that day. Yeah. Oh man. I, I've thought some things about Tom that may not be true now, uh, now that I know that, you know, he was asked to do that. I thought he just showed up in that. Yeah. It was natural. It wasn't, it was, I don't blame PJ necessarily for missing that because Tom kind of pulls it off. It's, it's not unexpected. Oh yeah. He, he wore it well, I must say. Well, I definitely pulled it off. I mean, I gotta be honest. I had some conversations with Mrs. Tom and, uh, Tom had that suit way before we started shooting. There, there was, there was a lot of discussion, and uh, and I'm not going to disclose any personal information, but, but yeah, that that suit was a couple years old. Anyway, YouTube took it down, and it's gone, so it doesn't matter anyway. Well, kind of gone. I mean, there there was right, but the problem is you cut you cut the discussion part in that video. You completely cut where the four of us were sitting down, coming up with future video ideas, like just making everything giant or making tons of little things out of tiny pieces of wood. Like we had a hundred ideas that were just all amazing and you just cut that part out and, and I'm scrolling through your, your page now and you've made a lot of these ideas. Oh yeah. I, I remember, I remember saying, I really like PJ's shot glass idea, um, you know, to see if that would fly, you know, you know, I mean, PJ agreed with me like it was his idea, you know, just, just like, you know, usually happens. Well, I mean, I thought it was it was so weird. I came up with that idea because I don't drink. Yeah, that was that yeah. was really odd. That that was my idea. Right. Yeah, I remember that. It's true. Yeah. PJ is extremely mm -hmm. dehydrated right now. <clears throat> yeah. 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 And I, I mean, even in that discussion, I was like, "Hey, you should make like a giant baseball chair where like you cut the baseball in half. It's like a giant baseball." And you guys laughed at me like it was the dumbest thing you'd ever heard. And and you you did it and it was very but, popular but tom but tom it it was a dumb idea but just oh yeah paul paul was laughing at all these but i think he was writing some stuff down i i think he was just laughing at him to to diminish the genius that were that were our ideas mm. when we were when we were coming up with this i mean i have all the footage why do you think i wanted to edit the video it's all there you guys don't have that you you kept it? The only person that's going to know is Creator Nader. He kept it? Uh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And Tanda. Yeah, and that, Tanda that other dumb out. patron, whoever <laughs> yeah. she is. Well, yeah. when Tanda finds out, she's not going to be happy. That's the stupid. Is that the stupidest thing ever that I that I like pay for a podcast that I'm on? That's uh, that's that's really silly. Super, I'm I'm super I'm laundering money, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't believe you have footage. I could have just like sneaked into your house and destroyed the footage. And I've been paying Trolls or Us to run disinformation campaigns on the dangers of pallet wood for years now. Just to get back at me. 
Yeah, just to try to take it down. I mean, you wouldn't believe the 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 trolls or us bills that I pay every year on both Reddit and then on YouTube. Now I'm paying them on Instagram, and you know it's this whole fake news pallet wood stuff. I mean, pallet people have been eating pallet wood for years. I mean, just and it's fine. And but we had to create this disinformation campaign to try and you know get people to believe that you can't even drink out of it or you know use it as a teething ring let alone you know chew on it eat it make i mean i've got a whole freezer full of pallet wood popsicles right now why do you think i'm so skinny you're built like a popsicle (laughs) yeah yeah because you eat some stuff's great you are what you eat yeah i mean ambrosia maple is my favorite flavor (laughs) (laughs) yeah sure they made something they made it all up. 